This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the first Behind Enemy Lines podcast of the new Premier League season. Liverpool kick off the defence of the title they won in magnificent fashion last season when they welcome newly promoted Leeds United to Anfield later on today. And to get the lowdown on the Championship winners, I had the pleasure of speaking to Ben and Cross, who covers the club for the Leeds Live website. He gives a fascinating insight into Marcelo Bielsa, the enigmatic and highly respected manager who in the space of two seasons has completely transformed Leeds' fortunes and awoken one of English football's true sleeping giants. Bennon also tells us about Bielsa's big money summer signings who could make their debuts at Anfield this evening and about the player who got away, Brighton centre-back Ben White who also has his admirers at Liverpool. Hope you enjoyed the chat and Guy Clark will be back after the game with the post-match podcast. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red channel. Well, hi, Baron. First and foremost, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast to talk Leeds United. How are you? I'm good, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Very, very excited for the for the new season. Of course, it's been a long old wait for the for the fans here, um, and we've just been watching the Bielsa story for the past couple of years now, and um, obviously fell short last year, but finally got over the line last season. And um, yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better fixed driver. I mean, going to Anfield, um, first game of the season, it doesn't get any harder, but um, it's exactly what we wanted. You know, this is exactly what what Leeds United wanted with promotion. So very, very excited, mate. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that's the feeling in the city as well now. You know, obviously it would be so much better if it was 3,000 Leeds fans coming to of Anfield course. and yeah, 50-odd thousand Liverpool fans in there. But we, we all know the situation we're in, in in this country and around the world and that means it's not possible. But yeah, you can tell just from your voice there that there is a lot of excitement amongst Leeds yeah. and around the city because, hey, let's remember this is the first game back in the Premier League in 16 years. Is that correct? Yeah, 16, yeah, 2004, the, the tears of Alan Smith and the rest of them at Bolton 16 years ago after the uh, the finances just, just went completely to pot at Ellen Rose. Uh, they had, I mean, obviously, the, the, the older the older ones of your listeners will remember Leeds were, were in the Champions League semi-finals as recently as 2001 um, and then fell as low as the third division uh, in the UK in, in 2007. So it's been a long road back. There's been a lot of false dawns. Um, it's been a really, really challenging period. I mean, um, for, for a one-club city like this, you know, it really is the heartbeat for everybody in the city. Everybody's pulling in the same direction, and it's been a really, really difficult period for them. But you know, it, I suppose it's quite similar with Jurgen over at Liverpool. It's um, it's hard to overestimate exactly what what Bielsa means to people here now, and, and exactly what he's done to the city. And um, I mean, that, that's nothing on the 30 years that you guys have waited for, but but just the 16 years here, Bielsa is is certainly considered like a god in the local area. Yeah, and you've got to give him so much credit, haven't you? Because clearly he's a, a hugely talented manager, a hugely inspirational figure. But, you know, a lot of people before him have tried to get this huge club back into the Premier League and he's done it within two seasons. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is remarkable. And when he came in a couple of years ago, you know, we, we thought it could go one of two ways. Because he is such a a volatile figure. He's incredibly passionate. You know, he really lives and breathes it and he's very much all or nothing. So if he's going to, I mean, you, anybody that's looked at his career will know that he hasn't really gone to any super big clubs. Um, he's, he's tended to go to these sort of mid-table clubs or, you know, clubs with a huge fan base that maybe haven't got the success they deserve. You know, Bill Bauer is the obvious one. Uh, Lille, um, quite recently. Marseille is, is another success story that he had. And, 
I think that's because he doesn't he doesn't commit to a project unless it's absolutely right for him because he knows the moment he commits that is 100% of his life you know everything goes into that job um so I think that's why he possibly hasn't taken those huge jobs where that the that the project isn't quite right or he wouldn't get the quite level of uh, quite right level of control but Leeds has just given him all that and you know they they sign off on everything that he wanted they've really bought into it it's to, it's to the ownership's credit as well you know they've Rather than invest in the playing squad and chuck loads of money at that, they put money into Bielsa. Now, you know, the guy's not cheap, but we certainly have got what we paid for. I mean, this this is very much a squad that finished mid-table in the Championship two years ago under Paul Heckingbottom. And they've added five or six, seven players over the course of the two years, a few, a few loans uh, around the edges. But, you know, don't get me wrong, the spine of the team is the team that finished mid-table in the championship. And that just says so much for this guy's coaching ability. Um, and, it, and you know, again, going into this into the Premier League, it, it's that feeling again of when he first came in. It feels like it could go one of two ways. He's going to play the way he likes to play. He's not going to change anything. He's going to try and turn the front foot. He's going to leave space at the back. And it is either going to go one of two ways. I think we're expecting to be a lot of goals, both four leads. But, you know, I think most of us admit there's probably going to be a few hidings along the way if they do get it wrong. But... It's going to be very, very entertaining. Um, and like I say, it, it could either end up in absolute misery and, and an immediate relegation, or I think we're a bit more optimistic and we're, we're hoping they can maybe catch a few cold in the Premier League next season and maybe aim towards mid-table. Whatever happens, it seems like his reputation with Leeds fans will stay very much intact, I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, like yeah. all of us as football fans, we've seen the videos on, on social media when he's doing his shopping or after the, 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 <laughs> the promotion the championship we've won and he comes out of his house. He just seems to have all the time in the world for, for the people who live around and the people who obviously adore him. He seems to, very much like you say with Jürgen and Liverpool fans, it just seems to be like the, the perfect fit. Yeah, he's very much a man of the people, Paul. He's... Um... When you, when you read half the things that the, that the biggest figures in world football say about him, I mean, Guardiola and Pochettino call him the best coach in the world. I mean, it is the highest of high praise this guy has been given. And there's no airs and graces about him. You know, there is no ego at all about the guy. You know, he, he lives in his Legion United tracksuit virtually. You'll, you'll <laughs> very rarely see him out of a tracksuit of some description. You know, there's no sign of material wealth as you'd have seen in that video when he comes out of his of his flat you know, he, he lives in a flat above a sweet shop in Weatherby which is a small <laughs> town outside Leeds you know he's not he's not in an eight bedroom mansion in the in the suburbs you know he's he, I can't emphasize enough you know, he's all about the football for him it's just analysis everything else is is just it's superfluous it's extra it's on the side you know his job is all he wants is a roof over his head a decent internet connection and as many screens as he can like, sort of lay his hands on to watch football and just consume it. And as you say, he's just, he's just been taken into, into Leeds' hearts completely. Did he need the, the glory of promotion as you've, you've mapped out his career there and got anyone who's respected by the likes of Guardiola and Pochettino? And I know Jurgen Klopp always speaks highly of him as well, but it maybe that standing hasn't been reflected on his CV in terms of honours. He, he doesn't sound like a man of huge ego, but that must have been, it must have been great for him to, to, to win something like the Championship and get Leeds back in, in the Premier League. It was lovely to see him smiling. I mean, it's... Um... <laughs> For two years, obviously, as journalists, you try and draw him on things and you want his opinion on things uh, for the fans' benefit. And he's he doesn't get drawn into that. You know, he doesn't make predictions about things. You know, just today, we, we spoke to him in his, his first press conference uh, in the Premier League season. It's the first time we've heard from him since before the last game of last season. So it's been a long time. And 
a lot of the, the journalists who maybe know him a little bit less um, from the national scene were asking, you know, quite rightly, you know, what are your expectations for the season? What do you expect is going to happen? And he just he just doesn't make predictions. He doesn't get drawn on on making predictions. Um, and I I just think, yeah, he's. I think with with the trophies and stuff, it, it's difficult. I think he, he's aware that, that the natural discourse around football is that it is about success. It's about silverware and that's all that matters. But again, he's just different. You know, whether you believe him or not, you have to take him at face value. He's an incredibly honest and, and earnest man. And, you know, he says it is all about the joy of football. It's all about football is, is, is the sport of the people. You know, you, people may have heard him say today, you know, Anfield isn't Anfield without fans. You know, that's very much the way he, he sees things. You know, football is a game for... Basically, it's that thing at the end of the week. You know, people work all week. You know, the man on the street works all week, works really, really hard. Um, and Saturday in football is his escape. And, and Marcelo sees his job as providing entertainment, not necessarily wins. You know, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm, I don't think he necessarily thinks his job is to provide silverware. Of course, success is is a lovely byproduct. But I think for him, it is very much providing that entertainment, that escape from reality. It, it, he sees it as a great equaliser in, in in society, you know, for the rich man or the poor man. He sees football as everybody's sport and it brings everybody together on the same level. And it's the, the purest view of, you know, 11 men v 11 on the football pitch and they just, they thrash it out for 90 minutes. And as long as it's entertaining, it's job done. Um, so I think the success is, is a byproduct for him. And of course, he was absolutely overjoyed to lift that trophy and the pictures really brought a lot of tears to Leeds fans and, and seeing that emotion of him with the players, you know, we don't see that emotion at all. You know, that was the first time we saw him hugging his players and actually addressing his players in a personal capacity and always thanking them. You know, it was, it was absolutely beautiful to see that at the end of last season. He must have the complete buy-in from the players because he, he obviously demands a lot with the system and the way he plays. But from day one, it seems like everyone's been very much on the same page. I go back to another social media video that cropped up on my timeline recently. I think Bamford scored an incredible volley in training. He yeah, runs across the yeah. pitch to give him a hug. Yeah. And I know Bamford's a player who's kind of mixed opinions a little bit at times, hasn't he? The, the players love him as much as the fans do. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Paul. I think they'd run through brick walls for him. Um, very similar in, in the language that the Liverpool's players use about Jürgen. I think... Um, there are a lot of similarities there, and it's nice for us in our game to make those comparisons between the two clubs and their, their managers and their players. But you're quite right that there's a huge amount of loyalty there. Um, I think quite quickly they weeded out those players that, that perhaps didn't have the work ethic or the the open mind to do what he asks of them. Because as you say, he works them incredibly hard. You know, he very much says, you know, if you want to come along for the journey, it is again all or nothing. You know, if you want to play for this club. You want to be my manager. You want to improve. You know, I, I, I promise I will improve you and make you a better footballer. But you have to do everything I say. You have to do it the way I say it. Um, and as I say, you know, he's now been left with a, a core of a team that really believes in that. They're a team of hard workers. They work together. There's very few egos in the dressing room. Um, again, no airs or graces about them. And as you say, you know, you look at the improvement he's got out of them, and, and quite rightly, they all are well aware. He's transformed their careers. You know, as I say, they were mid-table, very average championship footballers. Calvin Phillips won his first England cap this week. I mean, he was very much a generic box-to-box central midfielder coming through the Leeds Academy. And he's now become, you know, arguably the second or third best English holding midfielder in the world. Um, so 
that's that's the sort of relationship he has with them. They are all well aware what he has done for them and for for the team. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. It's no surprise from everything that you've said to me so far on this podcast that he's he's maintained the squad that's won the championship. He's got faith in his players, but he has added it to it as well. Uh, am I right in thinking it's the, the defender from Germany and a striker from Spain who are the big signings for Leeds fans this summer? That's right, Paul. Yeah, there, there's been quite a lot of investment at the under-23 level. Um, they gained Category 1 status uh, for the academy during the, the intermission as well. So they've, they've, hit the, they've hit the button on a few... Um, a few very, very promising uh, youth recruits. But in terms of the first team, I should say it's, it's Rodrigo, who is, is Spain's number nine, which really just caught everybody off guard completely. You know, for less than £30 million, pounds, they've picked up Spain's starting striker. Uh, I know it's not quite the, the Spain of six or seven years ago, but still, you know, you've got to be a pretty decent player to be starting for Spain in attack. Um, he's come over from Valencia. Uh, again, fairly similar to Bamford in that he hasn't been prolific. You know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't come from the Liga and scored you know, 30-odd goals in a season, but a lot of anticipation and expectations for what he may do again with with him being alongside Bielsa and what he might do in that system. Um, he's going to put a lot of pressure on Bamford. Um, I think most of us are expecting Bamford to play on Saturday again because of the loyalty, uh, because of the tactical familiarity. Uh, it takes a little while for players to bed in. Um, across the last two years, we've seen very little evidence of Marcelo chucking new players in before they've had you know, two, three, four weeks in training or with the under-23s to, to get used to his system. So um, I think as far as Saturday's concerned, Rodrigo will be on the bench and Bamford should start. But yeah, Robin Cox, the, uh, the, the German, interna- again, another international centre-half, he's come in and replaced Ben White, who I'm sure a few of your listeners will be aware of, the very, very talented centre-back that's gone back to Brighton after a sensational year here. So there's certainly the possibility that the German guy could start there. Um Marcelo has said today, you know, he's played down the adaptation needed for somebody to play in that role at, at the heart of defence. So I think if I had a gun to my head, I would still say that he'll probably be on the bench and they may well go with 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 pretty much 11 players that, that were in the Championship last season with them. Uh, but they're the main two. I think they're still looking for one or two others. But, but yeah, certainly before Saturday, they're the only two new names. Got to ask you a bit more about Ben White, if that's okay, mate, uh, because he's, he is yeah. he is someone that Liverpool admire. Uh, our Liverpool FC uh, correspondent Paul Gorst has, has wrote as, has written as such this summer. Uh, neither they nor Leeds could obviously get him out of Brighton, he was, where he signed a new contract. So, as someone who's watched a lot of him last season, just how good is he? <laughs> I don't really want to go overboard. I mean. You will know, Paul, your colleagues will know that when you follow one club week in, week out, you do, of course, have a degree of bias. Yes, yeah. you, you do buy into them massively because you see them and only them every single week. And you do get sucked into them, especially if they're, they're particularly good. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't. Yeah, he's, he's just fantastic. I, I don't think my words can do it justice. He was absolutely exceptional. Um, came in... Uh, as you say, from Brighton on loan uh, with very little fanfare last summer. Uh, he had, All he had had was a season in League Two with Newport County, a season in League One with Peterborough United. Hadn't pulled up any trees at all. You know, I hadn't heard of him, you know, especially with a name like Ben White. It's a standout, you know, very, very generic name as well. And you, were, you weren't really sure what you were going to expect because we had Pontus Janssen, who was a Sweden international before him, and we thought, you know, this guy's not going to fill, fill Pontus's boots. And from that first game of of last season, he's just been absolutely exceptional. And it was a perfect season, Paul. You know, 
46 starts, scored his only goal of the season on the final day, a, a volley from outside of the box, which really was the perfect way to end the season. But yeah, I mean, he was one of those who almost became a victim of his own success because for the first half of the season, he wasn't getting anything late than, less than an eight out of 10 in the ratings. Mm-hmm. And then because that sets the bar so high, anything that, you know, even if he had a half, half bad day, he was dropped down to a seven or a six when in reality, he was still put on the best players on the pitch. But yeah, I think I can certainly see the, the sense in Liverpool waiting. Um, you know, I think when you look at the facts of the matter, you know, I can say he's, he's as good as, as I want in the championship, but, you know, we all know he is entirely untested in the Premier League mm-hmm. and however good he was in the championship. And I've got no doubts at all he, he will be brilliant for Brighton this season. But I can certainly see an element of doubt there. I know um, Mr. Edwards over at, um, at Liverpool is very, very... Um, keen on his transfer policy and, and, and making sure you get the right people through the through the door. So I can see why they're waiting, but you know, yeah, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be very, very keen for them to get hold of him because I think, in the same way Calvin Phillips has gone into England, I've got no hesitation in saying that Ben White could be in England squad before the end of this season. Southgate mentioned him in passing um, during lockdown, I believe, um, mentioned Calvin and Ben White as players that they were looking to maybe bed into the squad before the Euros. So. Um, certainly one to watch but yeah he was, he was absolutely brilliant yeah it makes me think as well you know you've talked about his progression there from league two to league one then championship but it's not just the championship league united obviously a premier league club now i've had the pleasure of going to Ellen road probably four or five times in my kind of writing career and it really strikes you when you walk into the ground and you hear that roar uh, just how big a club this is you know maybe kind of the younger listeners or you know people who have not saw Leeds in the United in the Premier League like myself like myself do they actually realise just how big a club are actually coming into the top flight now in Leeds I think so yeah I mean I think there, there are, like you say there is definitely a, a, a divide between those those fans I mean obviously there's a the oldest generation remember the, the glory days of the 70s and the Don Revy when they were the, the powerhouse of European football um, then the next generation will have Howard Wilkinson's um, squad from the early 90s that won the won the old second division and then the old first division the last year before it became the Premier League and and then of course the the, the next sort of period of success was the turn of the century under um, under David O'Leary um, but no there is a you know, we're talking 16 years I mean there's there'll be 17, 18-year-olds hoping to go to Leeds games this season that have got absolutely no comprehension for, for how big they used to be. So, um, you know, I think that you, if they're a part of a family that followed Leeds um, for decades, then I'm sure it would have drummed into them exactly how big this club is and, and what they're about to become. And I think we're hoping that the big difference between Leeds and many other promoted sides is that Leeds really do have that infrastructure if they can just get through that first year or two where it might be a bit touch and go, if they can just get through and stay up, they have got more than enough to establish themselves as a as a firm top eight, top six club. I mean, we're talking one of England's biggest cities and it's a one-club city. Um, with I think the, they're looking to uh, expand Ellen Road. The current capacity is only a touch over 35,000, but they're looking to expand it to 50,000. There's a, a season ticket waiting list of 20,000 people wow. just on a waiting list at the moment. Um, so th- it's all there. As long as they just make those right decisions in the transfer market, keep Marcelo here for at least another year or two, then it's all there for them to, to re-establish themselves. Absolutely. 
Great to hear. Great time to be a Leeds fan, as it is for a Liverpool fan. Just before we wrap up, I imagine you watched a few Liverpool games last season when you weren't covering Leeds. Uh, do you think they are one of the favourites, if not the favourites, to, to win the league again? Yeah, I think so. I was, I was, um, as you well know, in, in this week before the season starts, all of the, the predictions come out of the woodwork and you start getting asked for your own opinion. And I've done a few bits per day on predictions. And I think when you look at the gap that Liverpool have to City, um, it's a hell of a gap. And regardless of what people might say about the, the hunger, and the fact that they've won one, uh, there might be you know 5% off their level of desire and hunger. I think even if you admit that's true, and I don't think it is, um, that's a hell of a gap, isn't it, for City to close. And I think even though Liverpool have only brought in the left back from Greece, <laughs> they've still got an incredible squad. Yeah. I mean, if they're out their fittest and they've got everybody out playing, I mean, that is a formidable team. And, City have only added what Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres. I mean, they've not gone out there and done what Chelsea have done and really chucked some money at it. So I think City will, you know, by and large, be a very similar squad as well. And you know, you, was it 18 points the gap in the end? It was, yeah. And that was even in lockdown when you know um, there was a few a few off results in lockdown once they won the league. So yeah, I'd still I'd still put money in Liverpool. Yeah. You mentioned prediction there. I've got to ask you a prediction for Saturday to, to round off this podcast. Can Leeds come to Anfield? And well, without want to without want to scare any Leeds fans who are listening and become the first team to to win at Anfield in a number of years, or even yeah. maybe come away with a point. It's frightening, isn't it? I mean, it is a huge. I mean, as I said at the, at the top of the, the interview, you know, it, it doesn't get any tougher going away to the champions. So. I think there are some bits in Leeds' favour. You know, I think it might well be the best time to play Liverpool. Um, everybody has had a very disrupted pre-season. It's been a very, very short, close season. Obviously, Trent has, has sort of been in and out of training and obviously played a little bit for England last week, but you know, missed the Community Shield game. I do think Liverpool will win. Um, but I don't know. I've just got a feeling it might be the best time to play them before they really get the juggernaut moving. So, um, I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1 um, if I'm being optimistic yeah. yeah I think our listeners are like that as well anyway <laughs> definitely like that <laughs> Baron thank you very much for, for speaking to us mate and no doubt we'll catch up again during the season and are you at Anfield yourself on Saturday? I am thankfully it's, as you all know it's very very tricky um, in the current climate for um, for press access but no, I've been very very lucky and I think I should get a seat on Saturday so I'm very very excited Brilliant stuff mate enjoy it Cheers Paul You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.